getting you through your workday one hour at a time. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Team, oh, it's State of Origin Wednesday, but we're going to focus on rugby for the first hour. Uh, lots of Origin content coming up for you this afternoon, though. Big show for running it straight, two to three. Sam and Kempi have lined up some buttes today, which we will tell you about a little bit later on. Uh, very, very shortly, we're going to talk to one of the immortals as voted by you from the Chiefs yesterday, and today we're going to focus on the Hurricanes. Wow. I'm looking forward to this, you know, that's, I guess you'd have to say that's my team. Um, so, the rules, you can, don't ring now because we're going to have a quick chat to one of the Chiefs Immortals, uh, but you can start texting by all means, double eight, double three. We're looking for the five Immortals of the Hurricanes Super Franchise team. Can't still be playing. So, there's some obvious ones like Julian Savier and Bowden Barrett, guys that are still playing so they can't make it unfortunately same as Brady Retallick couldn't make it yesterday for the Chiefs but um, so get those texts through double eight double three for your five Hurricanes Immortals most votes in they go and they are anointed as is our next guest if you remember yesterday our five Immortal Chiefs Marty Holler Stephen Donald John O'Gibbs Aaron Cruden and this man, who actually got the most votes, Liam Messam. He joins us now. G'day, Liam. Hey, man. How are you? I'm well. You were uh, described as the chief of chiefs yesterday. How does that sit with you? Uh, it's probably because I was there the bloody longest that why. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell, like, you've played, you've had an incredible playing career and you're still an athlete in your own right. You're five and five in your heavyweight boxing career. You won two Commonwealth Games gold medals, you played heaps heaps for the New Zealand 7 side, 43 games for the All Blacks, 104 for Waikato, you had about 60 games over in Japan, um, beloved member of Hautapu as well, but 184 appearances for the Chiefs. What sets the Chiefs apart for you from all those teams that you played for? Um, I think for me, I've, I always wanted to be a Chief growing up. Um, I remember, I've said this story a few times, I remember when the Chiefs came to my high school um, in Little Boys High, and I was just like, yeah, I was, I was sort of like starstruck, and I was just like, man, I want to be one of those guys one day. Like, I don't want to be an All Black, I just I just wanted to be the Chief, and I never thought of my wildest, wildest dreams, I'd play, um, yeah, 184 games for them. So, And you were part of the, the transition of um, when you... Uh, set up your new training base and I know you're out there building it and designing it and therefore you felt like ownership. Did you feel like that was the sea change that the Chiefs needed? Yeah, yeah it was. There's a bit of uh, blood and sweat in, in that building. Um, I don't think it's very straight though. If you guys come in and you'll have a look, the walls <laughs> may be, be a bit crooked. Um, but it was, it was a lot of fun actually going in and doing that to our own, um, our own home, our own whare. Um You actually feel like, you know, you, you're, you know it's yours and, and you um you know you keep it clean and whatnot. So um, I think that was you know it was great to have our own building. We were at the Waikato Stadium for many years, but it was good to have our own HQ, our own base, somewhere we could call home and um, take really take real pride in it. 
And it seemed to transform, like the unity amongst the Chiefs changed. I don't know what it was, but it's always the stuff that happens off the field that generates performance on the field. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, that is a, that is a fair statement, but that's always been in, in the Chiefs' DNA. Um, I know it's probably been, been, a, been a bit more highlighted uh, with these sort of years, but um, definitely when I was a young fella coming through, um, as a young chief, um, those values and, and that team culture w- w- was there. Um, you know, those are the foundations of, of what, uh, I guess, Chiefs Mana is um, now. Um, I remember being a young fella um, straight away, feeling really um, welcomed into the team. Um, felt like I had a belonging um, and I felt like I could be myself. And um, I also felt that I had every uh, members um, had my back in that team, either being old or young. So um, that, that culture and that feeling has always been at the Chiefs and that's what really... Um, oh, I feel sets us apart from everyone else. So three forwards made our unofficial official immortals, and, I, and I'm imagining, I, I should have looked it up, that you probably played with Jono Gibbs and Marty Holler as well. Yeah, I sure did. They, uh, especially Jono is one of the guys that I looked up to as a, as a young rugby player, um, being the leader that he was and the manner that he held as a person. Um, and Marty, man, I just love the way he played. He would always. This is back in the day when you were allowed to ruck, and I never ever stepped foot in, uh, you know, into into a ruck because I could see what happened to to Marty Holler after every game. So um, just the way that he put his body on the line, um, week in week out, um, you know, I still to love watching him play. What's the connection like now for a former chief with the club? I'd imagine it's just always an open door policy for the old boys to go back in. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, uh, Beaver, myself, and Brady Retallick uh, start up our uh, we a little alumni group um, just to reconnect with everybody again. Uh, we sort of started that when uh, Sione Lawaki passed, and we just felt like there was a you know some room for for growth in that area for for past players to to come back and connect. Um, it's it's a bit of a weird one when you sort of leave that that um, you know I guess leave the team. You sort of feel like you sort of want to step away and don't want to sort of come back. But as you get older and the more footy you watch, you sort of miss it and. Um, you know, everyone says, you know, once a chief, always a chief. So we've always got that open door policy. And, and we try and get together once a year. Um, Stephen Donald's the, the, uh, the admin or the PA. Um, oh, and he's been a bit slack lately because he's bloody <laughs> flying around everywhere doing all these other promos. So um, <laughs> we haven't had one in a couple of years. So, uh, you know, it's just a great way for us to all connect and, and retouch and, and see what everyone's been up to. And, yeah, and just, you know, have a good old laugh with each other. Um, joined by Liam Messam, uh, the first inductee into the official, unofficial Afternoons of Staffy Hall of Fame for the Chiefs. <laughs> um, the Chiefs report card from you for this season. Yeah, strong. Looking really good um, coming into the finals week. Uh, be interesting to to see who runs out this week against the Western Force since they have the um, the number one seed spot sewn up. So, you know, there's a big, uh, big game next week, but uh, I know, I know, Duncan and we just be worrying about this week and um, making sure they, you know, get that right first. But uh, yeah, it's looking good. Um, they've been outstanding this season. Uh, I thought guys like Damian McKenzie and uh, Big Guzzler has uh, really stepped up this year. And um, yeah, looking forward to uh, to a home final in more than three weeks. Yeah, four weeks, three or four or weeks. Yeah. Be awesome. Um, two more questions, Liam. Uh, I should have given you forewarning of this one. We're doing the Hurricanes today, so at the end of this hour, we're going to have five Hurricanes Immortals go in. Just straight off the top of your head, there's no right or wrong answer. Who do you think would be the five for you? Uh, Tana. Yep. Ma'a. Ooh. Conrad. Jerry Collins. And... I'm going to go for another loose forward, probably Rodney Soriano. 
Beautiful. Those are the guys I sort of watch rugby. Yeah. Uh, and last, last one. State of origin tonight, Liam. Do, do you get do you get roused by it? Do, are you you vehemently blue or maroon? Nah, mate. I'm a Warriors day one. That's all I care about. If I'm following league, is, is the Wild. So um, I don't really care if those Aussies smash the, the crap out of each other. They keep doing it. <laughs> um, I know a lot of Kiwis are very passionate about the state of origin. Um, but yeah, I'm all about the Warriors. So yeah, I don't really care who wins. Love it, love it, Liam. As long as the Warriors get another two points this week. Let's go, win. let's go, Liam. Awesome. Thanks for <laughs> taking some time today. No worries, my pleasure. Cheers, mate. There he is, Liam Esson, the number one inductee for the Chiefs Immortals. How good to get him on. Fantastic. Right, lines are open. 0800 150 11. We're looking for the five Hurricanes Immortal, and I will try and get one of them on tomorrow. Give us a yell. Helping you tune out your annoying workmate. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Oh, the text machine has lit up. Now, the people that can hear us at the moment, of course, half the country's on um, the rural rural roundup with Andy, so uh, your counts are very, uh, your votes are very, very important. A swag of them coming in. I'm loving it. Gary in Upper Hutt. G'day, Gary. Yeah, g'day, Steph. Hey, you've made it a bit hard. I'm only allowed enough to pick five. I mean, this is a hurricane, after all. Oh, I know. We'll, we'll do it every year. <laughs> we'll, we'll add it by five every year. <laughs> Hey, yeah, for me, hands down, Christian Cullen, number one. Yeah. Yeah, for a country mile. And then in no particular order with the rest of them, yeah, Tanarumanga, Ma and Conrad, and Jerry. Yep, yep, yep. Nice, yep. nice. And am I allowed to give an honourable mention? You, of course you are. Yeah, oh, Jonah, I mean, you have to put him in there. Mm. Perry and TJ, and Norm Hewitt, for me. Nice. There's others as well, but like I say, there's just too many. <laughs> there is, there is. But hands down, Christian Cullen, best rugby player I've ever seen live. Yeah. Perfect. All right, Gary, more yeah. calls. Thanks, All buddy. Right, um, Crusader Country, who's his Hurricanes, Mikey? Oh, Staffy, how you going? Yeah, it's actually, the, the Hurricanes hold a special um, soft spot in my heart. When I was travelling through Africa in the early, early 2000s, we finally found a bar that showed super sport. And I was with my Irish mate, and um, the Canes were playing, and that's with Cullen and Lomu and all that in the back line. And they were ripping it up. And my Irish mate just looked at me, and his jaw on the ground is going, is this what it's like in New Zealand? And I was like, yep. <laughs> you know, how times have changed. But, jeez, they were, they were stunning to see. I, I wrote down 11 names, but it was so hard. But because of the, I think they've been renowned for their back line. Um, I've, it's back heavy, so Christian Cullen... Uh, Kana Umanga, Corey Jane, Conrad Smith, and uh, the mighty Jerry Collins. Nice. Very nice. They just, I guess the only thing the Canes just need to learn is how to play in the fog. Other than that, they're just a. <laughs> Hang up great, on them, Sam. Hang watch. up on them. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're a great team to watch. I do like the Canes. Yeah. Awesome, mate. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, Mikey. Oh, this guy will be loving today. Uh, life member Zaid. G'day, Zaid. Queenslander. Oh, it's the origin. No one, Cobbo. What a try by Cobbo. <laughs> yeah, Qu- Queensland wants a 12. I'll be, oh, that's what I'm going, Queensland. I think you'll uh, win. But yeah, for my Canes, I'll go Corey Jane, please. Sure. Conrad Smith. Martin Nonu. Uh, Vic- Victor Vito. Nice. And James Marshall. 
James Marshall gets a vote. Yeah, yeah, James Marshall. Oh, I love that. He will love that. He will love uh, that. What a, oh, what a lad. What an absolute lad he is. Um, and if Mark Talia... He Talia, played in the final lad, wasn't it 2016? I think he was around those days. Yeah, he played fullback in that team. He did. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Good man. I'd obviously give a... Um, but yeah, and... Um, or yeah, and obviously... Um, I was obviously... Um, yeah, Tanu Mung was pretty good for the Canes as well, but, but before my time, so yeah. Um, but yeah, all good. Thank you. Champion, mate. Thank you. Uh, Dino and Dunedin. G'day, Dino. There you go, mate, all right? Very well. Yeah, we should be. Origin, there's three games of sport we watch. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, it is, mate, it is. And it's the, the Wally Lewis, Mark Guy thing, that's what we, they, they sell it with that. But, yeah. Yeah, the Hurricanes, I, I laugh when I hear them all saying, uh, Ma'amonu, like it's not the All Black Hall of Fame. That bugger never played a good game of Super Rugby, but he never played a bad one in an All Black jersey. But um, I'd go, for me, it's easy. It's Cullen... And in this order, too, actually, Cullen, Jerry Collins, and Jonah Lamu. Yeah. That, I wouldn't go any more than three. That's it. That's Conrad it. Smith was outstanding, but Martin Nine for the Hurricanes. No, thanks. He didn't. He played all over. He had more clubs than Jack Nicholas in the end. He still didn't have a game of Super Rugby, but put a black shirt on him. Holy hell, he's the best 12 ever to play international rugby, mm. without a doubt. Mm. Still playing, too. But there is a difference. Still, oh, absolutely. He's playing in um, San Diego, I think American, it is. Yeah. Some pa- American kid playing well will be sensational with him in his back pocket. That, that's how it works. That's where the money those boys are going to command. Mm. Just for their press and what they did on TV. Just by rooming with him would be, you know, an education. Oh, absolutely. I think he's actually a part owner of the San Diego Legion as well. Yeah, good on him. Mm. Absolutely good. What Sonny Bill Williams did too when he came to the union, you'll never tell me that that was very successful, but but his work ethic yeah. for the young agents coming through, it was worth the money for them to witness an absolute champion sportsman. Mm. And that's what we've fa- I've heard like when Sonny Bill came over and he used to take his own food, all measured, weighed, uh, proteins, he's just an absolute professional. And Roger Tuivasa-Shek was the same. And the players who'd never been experienced or never never experienced that kind of professionalism in athletic endeavour, when these some of these high, high-performing league players came into rugby, they're like, wow, we thought we were professional. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I would have loved to have seen Roger come down to the Highlanders. Same. Just enjoy playing rugby, you know, and not have that pressure of the Blues trying to perform. Like, they're their own worst enemy. Like, I've said it on the radio numerous times. That game last weekend was a joke. And it's only because of their inconsistency of selection. If you're going to have a guy for the Hall of Fame of creating something that absolutely pisses every rugby player off, it's, and I love John Mitchell because he produced a good cricketer, but his rotation policy is still... They're still pissing everyone off. Mm, I know. If I say that on the radio, like it's infuriating. Mm. But that's the Blues' problem. The sooner Rico goes back to the Bryce Heen, is head and shoulders the best 13 up there. Plummer goes good at 12. Put Perifeta at 10 or Bowden at 10 if he's not crook. Sullivan's yep. their best fullback. We can all see it. But Leon McDonald can't. He's going to be the All Black selector. Good luck. Mm. Dino, got lots of calls. Thanks for yours. Cheers, buddy. Uh, let's go to Jade in Hamilton. G'day, Jade. Steph, mate, this is the best topic ever, mate. <laughs> I'm loving it too. 
All right, just uh, just a few names I've got. I've got a few, mate. Stop me when you want. Uh, but in the Fords, I've got uh, Paul Tito. I've got uh, uh, Storm and Norm, uh, Norm Hewitt. We've got Bull Allen. We've got Kupu Vanessi. We've got the late Jerry Collins. We've got Rodney. Uh, in the backs, mate, I've got JP. You've got Snakey. You've got Cullen. You've got Kana. Mate, <laughs> when do you want me to stop? I'll just keep going all day. Stop! 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 <laughs> 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 no, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. There are some buttes, aren't there? Oh, it's like, honestly, some of the names that, that, that I've mentioned, and even some of your callers, like, it's, man, there was some talent. Mm. And, and to only get one super title, yeah, it's a, yeah it bugs me a bit, but hey, it is what it is. It is. Jade, good chat. Thank you, buddy. Uh, let's go to the president of the Grubs fan club, Brett from Huntley. G'day, Brett. Because if Thane Coles had retired, number one grabber, I would have nominated him. Yeah. I wish he played for the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> but who doesn't have the Hurricanes as their number number two team, Steffi? Yeah, I know. Because hey, oh, awesome to watch if they're not your team, because if they lose and, and they've done it a bit, you just shrug your shoulders and move on. But you be, you're back next week. They're high off team. This guy, Jonah, Kali. Tana, Pauza, Pity, and who had to be the foil and amongst all that flair, David Howell. I love David Howell. Eh? He's had a few votes on he text message awesome. too. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, he was the main reason why I rang because yeah, he had to. Someone had to be the glue in that team in that backline. Yeah, I'll tell you a quick story about David Howell. I might have told it before. They had an old-timers reunion for the Hurricanes and they invited him down from Northland and he said, I'll come down, but can I have a game for someone? He was <laughs> he was mid to late 30s and they said, oh, you can have a game for the Bees at Pornicky. So he went down and had a game for the Bees and then they said, oh, mate, can he played the full 80 and then they said, oh, can you sit on the bench? We've got no first five cover, but we won't put you on. Five minutes into the game, senior rugby, the first five went off injured. David Howell played 75 minutes of that game as well, straight after. Three hours of rugby. What a legend. Legend, What eh? a legend. <laughs> yeah. Good man. I got your vote. Yeah, he was awesome for that team. Yeah, he sure Thank was. You, Thanks, buddy. Uh, we go to Joey in Auckland. Joey. Yeah, go, Steph. Well, you got to go Christian Cullen. Unbelievable. One of the best players I've actually seen, you know. He just glided along. Mm. Reminded me a, a lot of... If, if anyone else that was similar to him was actually Dean Bell on Rugby League. But, um, yeah, and Jerry Collins. Um, Jerry Collins was fantastic. Uh, Rodney Suwali, he was great. Conrad Smith was just a... He was a, a cement, mm. you know, on the back line, you know. Uh, but just just fantastic. And um, and obviously the late, great John Alamu, you know, with all the, the, the stuff he went through and and everything, and man, can you imagine if Steph, if he was just, um, you know, didn't have all, all the um, the medical stuff that he had, you know, had to go through? You know? I mean, he was a fantastic player anyway, in his own right. Yeah, he I mean, was. There won't, there won't be. Well, in my time and your time, I don't think there'll be another. I mean, he, the way he, you see some of the tries he scored for the All Blacks, Auckland, the, the, um, the um, Wellington, you know, um, unbelievable. You know, just fantastic. Man. And also, two steps just before I go, go the mighty Maroons, mate. Go the Maroons. <laughs> go the mighty Maroons. <laughs> Love it, Joey. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Ed, kia ora, Ed. 
Hey, do you want to say about Well, I've got to go with Norman Hewitt because I uh, played with him. He was my captain. Nice. And Dane Cole because he's my nephew. Um, and Paul Allen because I still got his palm print on my face when he uh, palmed me off when I tried to tackle him in the sevens. <laughs> but how about um, Pretty Weepu? Yeah. I'll put him in there. Yeah, he's had a few votes on the and, texts. Oh, cool. And oh, yeah. And everyone's, bro, everyone's got Christian Cullen. Boy. Have to. Boy, Have to. Have to. Too much, Daffy. Cheers, brother. There we go. Um, I'm just hurriedly uh, scoring all of the text votes as well. Um, another one for Ma, another one for Jerry. Here's all of the names that have been mentioned so far Christian Kalantana, Umanga, Victor Vito, Namia Tialara, Rodney Soyalo, Bully Allen, Manonu, Alama Iramia. Jerry Collins, Conrad Smith, Joan Lomu, Corey Jane, Norm Hewitt, Paul Tito, Jeremy Thrush, David Howell, Piri Wepu, and James Marshall, thanks to Zaid. <laughs> um, interestingly, this is the team that won the Super Rugby Final 2016. James Marshall fullback, Wings, Corey Jane, and Jason Woodward. Jason Woodward. Um, centre, Matt Proctor, second five, Willis Hullahullo, Bowden Barrett and TJ Perinara, and the forward pack, Victor Vito, Adi Savia, Brad Shields, Michael Fatialofa, Via Fafita, front row of Ben May, Lonnie Uhila, Tongan Beer, and Dane Coles was captain, and a bench of Riccatelli, Eves, Mike Kainga, Mark Abbott, oh, Abbott was a great man, Cullen Gibbons, the Manawatu, oh, Torpedo, Jamison Gibson Park, Irish halfback, Vince Arsol, and Julian Savia started off the bench. And they beat the Lions 20 to 3. Um, tries two. Lonnie Uhilla scored the first because I won 150 bucks off it. Oh, okay. And yeah. I know Bowden Barrett scored a try. Yeah. Kick conversions, kick penalties, missed a drop goal. And I think Jimmy Marshall might have missed a drop goal as well. Uh, but they won 20-3 to in Bowden Barrett, man of the match. Yeah, That was Bowden at his finest. It was, yeah. His absolute peak. I don't know why people have put Manonu in there. He notoriously was not a good super rugby player. Oh, and so you're agreeing with Dean. And, we're, and we've made the point that we're talking about their careers at their respective franchises because you could have been an amazing, like Manonu, amazing All Black, one, one of the best midfielders alongside Conrad, but never did that in Super Rugby. Oh, I wouldn't say never. Well, not never, but but he was, but let's be honest, he was not the same quality at Super level. It didn't spark him up. He suffered no. from Frank Bunt syndrome. Yeah. Frank Bunce was the same. Played for the All Blacks, unbelievable. NPC, mm-hmm. Super Rugby, yeah, he was okay. And I would argue the same with Sonny Bill. And whilst he was great at the Chiefs, he, he was great, and he probably would make like an extended Immortals list, he really did his job for the All Blacks. Mm. So... Changed the game. He Sonny did. Bill changed the game. Well, he did. He Massively. Did. He did. Um, I've got to get through these text votes. You're going to have to hurry uh, because we're going to take the news. We'll take some more phone calls. I'll count the texts. We'll take a break. We've got Evan Lee, CEO of the Hurricanes. How did he get Clark Laidlaw on board? I'm stoked for him. Um, and then we're announcing it at one. We've got a bit of music interlude, New Zealand Music Month at one o'clock. So much still to get through. But first, Karen with the news. Well, listen, Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. So I text James Marshall and told him he'd had a vote from Zaid. 
for the, to be an immortal hurricane, his reply, what a lad he must be. What a lad, Zade. There you go. A Hama, kia ora. Yeah, kia ora, Steph. Sitting here in my blues jersey, not feeling confident, but uh, <laughs> as a, as a wow, well, I don't know. This, hopefully they're circling the wagons and get some of that Queensland uh, uh, whatever they've got that makes them bloom and win every year when they're underdogs. But anyway, I'll be watching and uh, hoping. Um, as a lifelong uh, Kane's tragic, um, i got five for you yep. uh, for different reasons. Kelly, because... Uh, I don't know about Colin Meads and uh, Richie McCaw, but Kelly's my goat. Best best baller I've ever seen, that fella. Yep. Um, we named the aisle after him, so got to put Tana in there. Right? <laughs> and he was, you know, him and Kelly early doors, you know, him on the wing, used to light it up. Uh, Jerry, probably my favourite forward. Of yep. The, that, that Canes era when we didn't win anything, but we were close a lot, and, you know, always stood up against the Crusaders and, you know, just a hard nut. R.I.P. Um, Snakey, you know, I, I thought about Ma, but not Ma wasn't loyal. I love Ma, but he wasn't loyal. Snakey hung around, and uh, I was so gutted um, when him and um, Ma didn't get that title in 2015 because that's our best ever team. Mm. Bloody Elliot Dixon didn't even score that try. That was right in front of us, but I won't go on about that. <laughs> um, and I want one of those early doors um, grubs as well, because that's sort of what our forward pack was. It always got bashed up, but they, you know, you could always count on them to give away heaps of penalties and just be grubbed. And so, Enoki uh, Afiaki, uh, I should chuck him in the mix, because I, I don't know. He tried hard, and he, he's a, I want uh, one of our immortals to represent those forwards from back in the day. Do you remember back in the day, we used to have side bets at work. Who would get yellow carded first, Dion Waller or Enoki Afiaki? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, those boys, those boys, yeah. I, um, uh, and you know, there's such so many good moments from the Canes too, eh? Like, uh, I was gonna nominate the mayor for when he tried to rip off McCaw's head that time. <laughs> no, that's what they did to us, they just turned our players into crazies. <laughs> yeah, they were so hard to beat. Oh, so, what it. a team. Well, I know. That's why I love them, man, and hate them, and love them, and hate them. Yeah. That's the roller coaster of being a Hurricanes fan. Expect the unexpected. That's their best tagline ever. Thanks, brother. Cheers, mate. A Peter Hubbard there. I remember Namir Tialata scored a try. I think it was Hurricanes. Might have been Wellington. And he banged the ball down and he picked it up in one hand and he was on, it's hard to describe in words, he was on one knee, a half squat, hand in the air with the ball, yelling at the top of his voice because Big Nazer hardly ever scored tries and he went over. He was a brute, that guy. Do you know he got into powerlifting after he retired rugby and he got within a whisker of a New Zealand powerlifting, um, what's the one, the power clean, when they just have to straighten their legs and then drop it back down. That was him. And he, he's now an importer of French wine and he's got his own shoe label as well. I've tried a number of times to get him on the show. And he always says yes, and then he doesn't answer the phone. <laughs> it's a good tactic. It's a good tactic. I try and get through all of your text messages every day. Can't do it today. There are just so many. Um, the three most recent, <laughs> Chris Masoi, Tana Umanga, great handbag skills. Gosh, you've got a good memory. That was in Christchurch, wasn't it? Um I think it's hard for a second 5'8 to shine at domestic rugby. Too much depends on having quality 10 inside them and quality 13 outside them. 12s only truly shine for their national team 
or sometimes in a star-studded backline like the Crusaders Blues. I would also say the same about Barrett at the Blues. Just doesn't click with how Christie plays, but is a rock star behind Smith, Weber, and TJ. That's a good observation. That is a good observation. It's a great observation, but I think at this point it still stands that you can't have Ma as an immortal in the Hurricanes team for that reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I love Martin. I love them for the All Blacks, but... I never like giving too much away, but if the vote stopped now, Mahanoni's not in the fight. There's actu- Stop the count. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually... He's not far out. There's one, two, three, four, five. There's, there's five. So there's the top five at the moment, but there are one, two, three, four snapping at their heels. The next few minutes of voting, crucial. Well, uh, do we have the next few minutes or are we going straight to the results now? No, they can vote yeah. now yeah. and during the okay. Evan chat. We're going to do it after Evan. After Evan. Okay. So we'll take a break. Evan Lee, CEO of the Hurricanes, he's next. Getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Right, um... Evan leaves us for another hour. In fact, no, I'm not going to lie. I told Sam 12.40. I told Evan 1.40. So he didn't answer his phone. So we're going to get Evan Lee at 1.40. But we've got some... Um, uh, we're going to announce it very shortly, actually, the five. But just let's take a trip down memory lane, listen to some of the great tries of the Hurricanes over the years. Oh, fantastic. Um, we've got a variety of bits and bosh. We'll just, uh, you, you might have to announce them, Sam, because I can't sort of read them. Can you tell us what you've well, um, it's got pr- from it's the probably, vault? Well, it's probably highlighting the bias here, but I, uh, I've just got some of the big ones. So uh, one is actually one of my favorites, not a try. You thought you probably thought I was going to go and get a whole bunch of try highlights, but this is one of my uh, endearing hurricanes, enduring hurricanes memories. Now it's uh, there for Berryman. They can't hold him. Now Tripp. Caleb Rowe. Umar on the chase. What a tackle. Magnificent from Tata Umaga. What a tackle. Oh, big tackles. My favourite two tackles happened within the space of about three minutes when Motu Motu just smashed a couple of, br- I think it was Brumbies, just Rewrote his stories. A lot of texts for Joan Lomu. No surprise there. This is his first try for the Canes. Now Holwell lines about O'Halloran. Lovely pass to Lomu. Kick and chase. Vincent Schooner. <sighs> what about the snake, Conrad Smith? The go at the Sharks. Don't persist with it very long, though, as Nonu slips the inside pass. And away goes Proctor. Nice pass to Smith. Conrad Smith. Still going Conrad Smith. And the skipper scores under the posts. And I think the greatest hurricane try of all time from 99 metres. He's coming. Bit of room here. He's through. What a bust here by Christian Cullen. Plenty of support. And what a dummy. Absolutely magnificent. Length of the field stuff. 
What a talent indeed uh, from Josh. Remember when the lads used to do the Captain Hurricane salute after scoring tries? Great times. I do. And they stopped doing it because the opposition did it back to them. And Carly and Co said, we're not doing it anymore. Stuff them. Uh, a vote for Paul Steinmetz. Uh, Bill Thavambati, Dion Waller, Thomas Waldrum, Scott Waldrum. I checked the number. It's not Thomas or Scott texting that through. Staffy, I was just thinking how cool it would be to have an over 40 super comp to do a five-week tournament. All Kiwi teams play each other in the final. <laughs> but we have compiled. Here they come. You go, Hurricanes. Here they are. Now, clearly the top two were Christian Cullen and Tana Umanga. Clearly. Yes. Yes. It's a joint award for them, is it? Yes. Clearly third, Jerry Collins. And then it got tight between four, five, six, and seven. Number four, the big man, Jonah Lomu. And then it got down to one vote. So honourable mentions, probably in future inductees, uh, there'll be Victor Vito, Bull Allen, Ma Nonu, Normie Hewitt, Paul Tito, Piriwepu, etc. But the fifth and final, making his way in to the first Immortals, Conrad Snakey Smith. So there you are, team. Um, for the Blues... Carlos Spencer, Kevin Mialamu, Doug Hallett, Ali Williams, Jerome Kaino. For the Chiefs, and we heard from him at the top of the hour, Liam Messam, Aaron Cruden, John O'Gibbs, Stephen Beaver Donald, Marty Holler. And for the Hurricanes, Cullen, Umanga, Jerry Collins, rest in peace, Jonah Lomu, rest in peace, and Conrad Smith. Oh, me, oh my. Tomorrow's the Crusaders. Oh, it's going to go nuts tomorrow. It is going to go nuts. And I will try and get one of those. Well, given there's only three alive... I've got a chance of three, three tomorrow to help us uh, kick off tomorrow. Alapati Layur try versus the Crusaders, one of the greats. Huge fan of Alapati Layur. Um, some more votes coming in. Alam Irmir, yes, he got some as well. Um, <laughs> Staffy, does Dean from Dunedin down south just play a voice recording when he rings SCNZ? I think he, he's actually got a soft spot for the Blues deep, deep down. It could be right. Um, all right, uh, our last break uh, before the news. Uh, still to come in the next hour, we will have Evan Lee at about one forty. My mistake, people. We've got uh, Jamila Ross-Hayes and Cohen Aldershoff, Kiwi musicians. It's the last day of Kiwi Music Month, and they're releasing a single on Friday, I think it is, and we're going to get a sneak preview. I'm thinking that I think they must be bringing in musical instruments. We did it a couple of weeks ago too with Jazz Patterson. It was great. They heard it and said, we'd love to come and play you our new single. We said, why not? Why not indeed? And we'll still be talking some State of Origin later on in the show as well. But a last break, we'll come back. 
helping you tune out your annoying workmate. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Look, I wish we had longer this. This Bailey's Property of the Week. It's almost like they've, they've read my mind. This is palatial. Now, I'm not going to lie. When I saw the very first photo, I thought, this is a $5 million property. It's not. It's 2.1. Showcasing distinctive European stylings from Dutch architect Rob de Vries. If you're an architect uh, boffin, you'll know that name. Uh, the property of the week this week, it's an amazing family home. It's been uh, chiselled into the rolling Marlborough countryside. Taryn Mason and Glenn Dick of Bailey's Marlborough, it's split over three levels. It's at 396 Redwood Pass Road, 646 square metres, and I'm going to say it, uncompromised quality. Do your eyeballs a favour. Have a look at this. I'll, I'll tell you where to find it at the end. It's got an amazing kitchen. You know how big I am on kitchens. Oh, this is amazing. It, it's like it's in the Hollywood Hills. Oh, amazing kitchen with marble bench tops, a full scullery, which means it's flash. A huge family room extends through French doors out to the in-ground pool and sheltered surrounds. It's amazing. There's an easy flowing levels. There's five big bedrooms complemented by three well-appointed bathrooms two bedrooms are split by a family bathroom in the middle story and the third bedroom and master suite master suite reside on the top level the master it's got amazing views as well an ensuite walk and wardrobe private courtyard and there's a separate studio on the bottom floor that provides a fifth bedroom and it's got its own ensuite as well chuck your noisy uncle down there it's only 10 minutes from Blenheim, 2.96 hectares with five well-fenced paddocks, a workshop, storage area, uh, internal access, double garage, all located on the lower level of the home. You will be living like a king, a queen, a prince, and it's, how do I describe this? It's stately, but it's modern. I honestly thought this was mega millions. Um, and it's in Blenheim, one of the great parts of the world. Graham, Graham of Marlborough, formerly a Northman. Go and have a little bow peep. This is where you find it, baileystock.co.nz. It's where you go. When it asks for the property ID, it's 413-5413. Just go and have a squiz. Dream a little. It's a little library area in there as well. It's, um, it's overlooking. There's water. It's overlooking water. I need to go to the map. Go to the map, zoom out. Oh, it's just awesome. I can't say enough about it. Short distance to State Highway 1, 10 minutes to Blenheim CBD, 30 minutes to the Marlborough Sounds. Everything's there. Um, unobstructed, unobstructed sea views to the north across the new Whale Trail cycle route, Wairau Lagoons, Cloudy Bay to Port Underwood and the North Island beyond. Proper, proper property. So the two, the two people you need to get in touch with are Taryn Mason and Glenn Dick, Bailey's Marlborough. Get yourself involved. Bailey's probably the week. Oh, it's good. It's good, Sammy. Right, 
Can you tell me anything about the boys that are coming in after one? Um, I haven't seen them. There's no one out there. Jamilo. Well, knowing that they're musicians, they're probably going to just sort of saunter, saunter in, in, at in at 30 seconds to probably. one. That's in um, 30 seconds. Yeah, no, Marmalade, it's as a uh, Kiwi band. They reached out to us on Instagram and said, hey, we loved uh, you chatting with uh, with Jazz. Could we could we come in ourselves? And we thought, why not give, now, them, a bit of a, give them a bit of a promo during uh, NZ Music Month? Is that them there? Yeah, they look like musos. Yeah, those are musos. They look like musos. I need to give them a wave, tell them to come in. Um, Smithy said Marmalade. There was a band called Marmalade. It was back in the back in like the sixties or something. Obla di obla da. Obla da, yeah. Life goes on. Yeah. La 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 la. Life goes on. Um, yep, I'm giving them waves. They look like musos. This will be fun. Yeah. Young funky Kiwi musos coming at you after one o'clock. Still gonna um, catch up with Evan Lee, CEO of the Hurricanes, about the Clark Laidlaw appointment. All that coming up after one. From lunch through to tea, this is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Welcome back, crew. Well, it's the last day of New Zealand Music Month, and I'm all about giving uh, some young Kiwis in any field of entertainment, endeavour, arts, whatever it is, comedians. The whole shebang. We had Jess Patterson on a couple of weeks ago, and she transformed me to a different place when she sat here, closed her eyes, played the guitar, and I could feel it. And then these two young wrestlers reached out and said, we've got a single coming out shortly, let's go. And he said, let's go. So I'm joined by Jim Ross Hayes and Kuhn Aldershoof. Yeah, man, nailing it. You're nailing the, the pronunciation. Uh, marmalade. <laughs> yeah, that's it. When I was a little kid, my dad had lots of butter and marmalade on his mm. toast. Where did your name come from, Jim? I was walking down Princess Street and I was thinking, things that are yellow that give warm, fano, cosy vibes – and I was thinking sunflowers, eh. And then my brain went marmalade. I thought, oh, you know what? That's kind of cool. Didn't know about anybody else called marmalade. So I was at that point, I was like, it's unique. It's got, it's catchy. It's one word. Looks nice when you write it. And it feels like it really encapsulates like our sound and vibe as a band. And it just stuck. It just felt right. And it's, and it's kind of cool because Musos, you jam. You know, you go yeah, for jam yeah. sessions and marmalade's a jam. True that. This is yeah, spot on. There's another reason. So how long how long have you guys been together, Kun? We've been uh, together two two years. Last week we had our birthday last week, and um, we started off as four people, and then our drummer Sam flew off to Wellington, mm-hmm. and uh, the new drummer joined about a year and a bit ago, Dean and Dean Rodriguez, I should say his full name, and then just since February we've been a five piece, including Chelsea Napi and uh, Liam. Uh, what's his last name? Natal. Natal. <laughs> Liam Natal has been part of the band from, from day one. Yeah. Dean Rodriguez sounds flamboyant. Is he mm. flamboyant? 
Oh, he's he's quite flamboyant in his own way. He's covered head to toe with tattoos, so there goes, <laughs> you know. But uh, no, he's he's a beautiful human. Um, he's kind of playing all over the scene, you know. If you uh, if you do find him on Instagram, he's yeah. I mean, you know, it's, we're all musicians. We're all everywhere. That's mm. how it goes. Mm. You, the thing about musos, and I talked to Jazz about it, like. I don't know, 90% of the people have a nine-to-five job. It's mm. generally in an office. You tr- struggle with the – how do you go about discipline, um, Jim, with you don't know where your next gig is, you don't know where the next paycheck is? Do you embrace that or is it a battle sometimes? It is a battle sometimes, to be honest. Um, it's challenging doing something that is a full-time job but doesn't support you in the way that a full-time job does. Um but you just do it because you love it, really. So we sink a lot of time and mahi into doing it because we love it and then doing all the admin so that hopefully other people will love it too and, and get to hear it. Um, in the band, we've got a mix of people who work full-time and part-time, and so we've had to have lots of conversations about how to balance the workload and, and figure it all out. So it does get a bit tricky, but it's it's worth it in the end. And you're obviously all creative people, artistic people, that sort of thing. Do you have to be creative about marketing yourself? Like you've seen some artists like, and I can't remember his name, he was a 17-year-old Kiwi whose song just went ballistic mm. on TikTok. You sure. know, there's so many different avenues to get your name out there. Is that something you explore? Yeah, I, I, it, we're in a weird age gap, I think. Um, you know, we're in our 20s, 30s, and um, <laughs> we're kind of a little bit too old for TikTok, but still trying. Yes. <laughs> uh, and we might be a little bit too young to really, ah, that's not true. We're still promoting it pretty hefty on Facebook. It's it's great to have your events on Facebook. And, and Instagram. Uh, and Instagram is obviously uh, probably our main avenue for social media. Um but yeah, TikTok—it's a—it's uh, a different world, man. And we're just trying to navigate it as well as we can by just not so much jumping on the dancing trends, but uh, not throwing any shade, <laughs> of course. Definitely not. <laughs> but still, uh, I don't know. Still, like, kind of any funny content, we'll just throw on there. And some of the content we can be a little bit careless with. You know, mm. we don't really have to be too. Uh, pedantic or specific. It's just like, well, I had this funny video and it's just a little fail from, like, say, uh, a behind-the-scenes interview that I said something wrong or whatever. Mm. Uh, and we'll just throw that up there. And who knows? Who knows? That's the, it has the potential to go massive. Why, why not? A lot of people measure success with fame and fortune. Mm. How do you measure success, Jim? Um, I measure success by the way that I feel my music is received and heard. So somebody saying something to me like, oh, that song really touched me or I felt heard or understood or even like oh, I had the best dance around my kitchen to that mm-hmm. song. Like hearing that what you're doing has impacted someone, I feel like that measures success for me. I mean, sometimes you get wrapped up in some materialistic things. Like it is it is really nice if your song gets playlisted or played on radio or, you know, the numbers go up, you know, mm. you can't help but feel like your success is increasing when you do get those rewards. But I think at the end of the day, I try and focus on like how my music is impacting people because the numbers are always going to go up and down. But if you are creating something that means something in someone's life, then that's going to bring a lot more fulfillment, I think. I'll ask you both. Uh, you can both give me an answer to this. I'll, I'll kick off to you, Jim. Your mic's warm. <laughs> What did you do before music or was there nothing? Before music, 
I was a barista for a long time, but oh. not really before music. That was sort of during the beginning stages yeah. of things. Um, I think I started music when I was about 14. So before then I was really just a kid doing school and I always loved being creative. So music has been sort of the one thing I've been really passionate about for a very long time. And I've done other things on the side. I do really enjoy being a barista. I love the process of coffee and I've been doing a bit of me, uh, like media and PR stuff behind the scenes is why I enjoy being part of the music industry and other facets, but making music and putting it out there is, is the real be all end all. What about you, Kuhn? It's actually funny. No one, no one really asked that question. It's a great mm. question. Um, I used to teach snowboarding and, <laughs> really? and, uh, and I was even Santa for a couple seasons <laughs> at Snow Planet. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was great because while I was in uni, which was just here in Auckland, um, I lived on the shore and it's 20 minutes to uni or it's 20 minutes to Snow Planet. So I was kind of right in between. And, uh, it was fantastic, man. It was so fun. We would uh, actually, I got Jam into that as well, and she did photography while I was Santa, and it was hilarious because in between sort of group sessions, we just go snowboarding. It was great. It was amazing. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny when you are like look back on a time, and at the time it was maybe didn't feel like, wow, this is so nice. But now that you look back on it, you're like, that was pretty fun actually. <laughs> oh, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> the music community in New Zealand uh, through my experience from being outside it looks very supportive very collaborative um you all look after each other you're competitors mm. um for the same space but you help each other in your own spaces mm. that that must be a nice feeling yeah yeah it's a balance sometimes it's really like you say comparison and, and you're competing sometimes it's so easy to compare yourself to other musicians you know, mm. you are often competing for either the same funding or the same playlists or the same five songs that go to radio out of whatever 500. And um, that can be really, really tricky because deep down in your heart, you're like, well, I think my song is better. But also <laughs> at the same time, you're like, ah, absolutely love that those guys are just hooning right now. And I'm so I'm all for it. I'm going to go to their show and I'm going to support them. It's really, like you say, it's quite tricky. But yeah, especially in Music Month, it's it's all hands on deck, sort of everybody's supporting everybody. Yeah. And I think every, everybody understands that if you don't do that, then it then that feeling can become toxic. You know, like it's really mm. important when you are in a competitive environment to actually support other people and to see your mates being like, damn, I would have loved that funding, but actually I'm happy for you and you yeah. guys deserve it as well. And just it's not very often that people who aren't in the music industry understand exactly the best way to support people in the music industry. Whereas musos know that like flicking a comment on the bottom of that video is going to help the algorithm or pressing the little save button or sharing it with their friends. So I think that those little ways of supporting each other, like I noticed there's like a few bands like Retro Valley, we've got a bit of a thing going at the moment. They're yeah, another totally. Kiwi band. And they'll sort of comment on something when we post and you, you just return the favour and it sort of is a circle of internet support <laughs> how do you split your time with creativity writing you've got melodies you've got lyrics uh, time in the studio and gigging because gigging pays mm. the bills mm. but you can't pay the bills if you don't dedicate yourself to a bit of creativity as well how do you balance all of that it's a good question actually there's a lot of thought that goes into, into gigging and making sure that we don't gig too much and not too little mm. because mm. it makes money until you do too many gigs because if you play too many gigs no People won't come. come out because you've just played a gig it's style, and they saw yeah. you last week or last month or whatever. So we try and sort of space, especially headline shows out maybe two, three months. So it's kind of the, oh, hey, this big thing that you should totally come to because that's also the ones that we're investing in. So we're pumping all our, our sort of funds into making that a cool show. 
Plus, we're paying all the bills. You know, we're paying for the support acts. We're paying for the venue, blah, blah, blah. Whereas support acts, like if we're playing, uh, like opening started this somebody. year. Yeah, exactly. We were opening for a few overseas acts. And man, like throw as many at us as possible, <laughs> you know, because not only are you making money from playing the gig, but you're also growing that following. And, and so that's kind of, uh, I'll see an opportunity come up and I'll message the band like, hey, guys, are we available for this date? And if I get five thumbs up, including my own one, then I'll, I'll, I'll flick that email through, you know, and I'll, uh, and I'll, I'll try and book that show. And, and uh, yeah, with support acts or with um, opening slots, we'll try and do as many as possible just because we want to see all of New Zealand as well. You know, we want to yeah. play in Wellington and yeah, we want to play in, in Christchurch all over yeah, the show. Being an opening act is awesome. Like I remember I went and watched Jimmy Barnes and mm-hmm. his opening act was in excess before they were anything. <laughs> and I was like, I love this band. Yeah. I actually think they were better than NXS. My sister went to Ed Sheeran and... Drax Project? Drax Project. Kaylee Bell. Oh, oh, Kaylee Bell. Kaylee Bell, also, Bell played yeah. support. And we had Kaylee Bell on the show the day she was playing in Auckland. And Holy my sister moly. texted me and said, holy shit, I just I just listened to this girl. you got to listen to her, Kaylee Bell. And I said, we had her on the show today. She said, she's amazing. And, <laughs> then, and then Kaylee's gone around to a sold-out tour through New Zealand. So I was going to say, how hard is it to get a support act gig? It really did, like, it's... It's hard to get the first one, mm. and once you've got the first one, you get that piece of recognition. Like, in a depending on the scale of things, you know, you can support a lot of small bands, and that's really cool. But um, the first sort of bigger support act we played was for Hot Potato Band, who are an Australian band. And once we did that, it seemed like when we started to apply for other things, people think, "Ah, oh, cool, I know those guys," and that seems legit. Yeah. So uh, it's almost like a verification of like these guys must be somewhat decent. So we're keen to also have them on our show, and then that kind of just takes off and takes off. I mean, it would be the same with radio, right? If you're like going to play a song on radio and you see other radio stations are also playing that song, you'd be like, oh, well, seems like that must be a good tune. So, mm. yeah. What's, yeah. Your, what's your dream gig? Oh, um, I really want to play Power Station next. Mm. I mean, that's, uh, I feel like... <laughs> I thought you were going to say Glastonbury. No, no, I, 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 I'm <laughs> we'll thinking it's, we're getting there, right? Like, that's, that would be that would be insane. Like Coachella or whatever is kind of... Well, Coachella is a little bit ridiculous in my opinion, but Red Rocks is a beautiful, beautiful venue in the States. I'd love to go there. Uh, I just see a lot of like sort of my heroes play there and yeah. just go like, wow, mm. man, that's... I mean, it depends on the crowd, right? We played San Fran for the first time with Marmalade and opened for uh, Beach Bunny, and the crowd was on fire. Mm. And it felt like a dream because we knew no one there, and there's people clinging onto the front of the stage but and, like, dancing along Excited. and singing along and by the second you. chorus. Yeah. They must totally be such a man. feeling. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. It, before then, we, like, and before those opening slots, we hadn't really played to strangers that much. You know, mm. a lot of your audience is people you already know. Mm. So to play to a room full of, I guess, like two to 300 people that didn't know you prior that are like singing along to the third chorus once they've got the hold of the lyrics. And it was the first sort of taste of being like, oh, people actually dig this that aren't like my mom, you know? <laughs> it, was just, it was really cool to see. And it felt like the beginning of a point of growth. And even though playing Glastonbury would be outstandingly amazing I feel like it is like Power Station is just somewhere we've spent a lot of time seeing other artists and it's not too far away to feel like it's a realistic goal it's achievable yeah yeah hopefully (laughs) All right, I'm going to get you to play a song now Um, I'm imagining everyone out there is going what's their music like now (laughs) I don't know so just tell us a little bit about the song and then we'd get you to rip into it Uh, Bright is a song about self-doubt and insecurity and sort of 
wanting something, a goal, whatever it may be, and feeling like everything in the world is sort of against you getting there. And combined with that, it's sort of about the concept of feeling like you don't have enough time because you get so overwhelmed and stressed out, but actually you just need to sort of make time and spend more time doing the thing that you want to work towards rather than watching Netflix because you're stressed out. And it's called Bright. It's coming out on Friday. So it's a bit of a sneaky peeky listen. And we've got a single release show at Big Fan on the 22nd of June to celebrate. It's like three weeks from... From now, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. All right. Should we get into Rip it? Rip into it. Kurt on guitar. <laughs> is that a guitar? What is it? It is a guitar. It's, it's a strange. A, I brought it home from from Brazil at one point. And oh, it's this wow. beautiful, warm, warm sort of fuller tone. Oh, it's great. All right. Rip into it. I'll turn my mic off. It's over to you guys. <laughs> Sick. person clap. Oh, Sammy's clapping as well. Um, I can confirm that hasn't been released because I shazammed it and it said no result. (laughs) Wow. That's, um, you talked about before, like people's react, that was warming. Mm. Like your Mm. voice, Jim, stop it. Thank you. (laughs) You know how some people say voices go through you? Your voice Mm. landed. Didn't Mm. go through, it landed on me. Thank you. Mm. Yeah, that was beautiful. Like, Is that, would it be too far to say that I actually tasted marmalade? <laughs> Never too far. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that is that is beautiful. And it's just, it, 
you know, it just seems such a natural thing for you two to do. Hmm. Is that does that fear? It's just like you it, just it actually because we've been doing it for two years. The first maybe half a year, we were like, okay, because I come from quite a hefty sort of rock background, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to tone my voice down a little bit for this band mm. because I'm used to like shouting sort of Dave Grohl style into a mic, and uh, <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's t- tone it down. And now it's it, yeah, we mm. we get lots of people who are who are stoked to hear um, our two voices together, and that's. It's pretty fun. Yeah, because like Dave Grohl type stars, they, they perform at you. Mm. Oh, yeah. Whereas you guys perform with us. You, yeah. You sort of feel like we're in that. with you. We're in the room, man. Yeah, yeah, I think I feel quite natural singing this song since it's been quite a while. We, like, this is one of the first songs we even wrote as totally. a band. Um, and a lot of the, like, when I write songs, it's kind of like I'm telling a story. Mm. So when I'm singing them, uh, sometimes I just put myself back in the shoes that I was in when I was wrote, writing the song and sort of just enjoy telling the story, at least I try to. Yeah. Right, so text messages coming in. How do we find you? How do we follow you? How do we listen to you? To, to, just like musicians are great at taking us on the journey with you. So, Well, the song is out on Friday. So actually Shazamming is the shit. It's awesome. Mm, it, uh, when it comes out. Not only can you find it straight away if all goes right, um, but also it's really good for the stats. Like okay. it will shoot the song way up and so it will be way easier to find. So Shazamming, what you just said, Totally, mm. totally Do awesome. That. But also, we're just, uh, it's underscore marmalade on all the socials, I think. Yeah, yeah. Underscore it's marmalade. underscore marmalade on Instagram. And if you want to go and find our link tree, it's linktree slash marmalade.band. And that's got the links to all the good stuff. We're on YouTube. We've got a video of another song called Find Worth up there. And on Friday, we'll be on Spotify and Apple Music and Deezer and mm. Bandcamp all and of the, all, all of the, the platforms, platforms. Wherever you, like, and we yeah. can search marmalade. And the name of that song was? Bright. Bright. Look, loved it today. You like you <laughs> never know how it's gonna go. <laughs> you never like, know. Sports guys talking music, but I just loved it. Like the connection with you guys and our audience and me was just uh, second to none. So mm. uh we wish you all the very best, you two and the rest of your band as well. Mm. Uh, can't wish you enough success. Thanks, thanks so much for having us. Thanks for coming in, guys. We'll come back after a quick break. Oh, a lot of text messages saying you enjoyed that. Love the tone of their voices, says Shannon, amongst others. Now, Water Cooler Wednesday is back. State of Origin tonight. Uh, Logs went round the office this morning and got their thoughts of Origin tonight. Water Cooler Wednesday. Water Cooler Wednesday, State of Origin, and look who is at the water, Brad. Hello, Logs. Are you blue or maroon? Maroon all day, mate. Kezi, are you blue or maroon? Mouldy, brother. Up the Warriors. Nah, nah, of course, got to uh, represent a State of Origin team. Look, Dad was always Queensland fan. Up the Blues, baby. Come on, the New South. $2 on the line, Dad. 3-0. Come on, the Blues. All right, Shano, State of O, are you blue or maroon? Mate, New South Wales born and bred, so it's only blue. Why's that? Uh, I think it's because the first time I started watching it, Graham Lowe was the coach, so he had that Kiwi connection, so kind of just been Queensland all day since the 90s. Aroha, our lovely newsreader. Hi. State of O, blue or blue maroon? Colour blue's nice. Where are they? New South Wales. Is that Sydney? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sammy, boys of rugby, Luke here at SCNZ. Are you blue or maroon? Uh, I'm a blue, mate, through and through. Origin. Um, Nah, got uh, me mum's side all from Janelli in Sydney. So big blues fan. Uh, Had a couple of tough years in there. But uh, I think over the last couple, we've started to right the ship somewhat. So I'm thinking Blues this year. I'm thinking 2-1, though. I think uh, Maroons take game one or two. But uh, but I think the Blues take it out, 2-1. 
Water cooler Wednesday, Staffy, are you blue or maroon? Oh, I'm green, Manawatu. Dills, I know you bleed Liverpool red, but tonight, State of O, you blue or maroon? Uh, look, Logan, it's been a tough road um, in my NRL and uh, rugby league journey, but I found an affiliation to the blue side of State of Origin, so I'd love to see the New South Wales Blues get up. Uh, but if I had to pick an Origin team, it's probably Queensland, probably the Graham Lowe factor. And I think some of my favourite Origin players, my number one's Dale Shearer, which I know isn't popular with a lot of people. I just love watching him carve up. I love the underdog. And I know in recent years, they've shown that they're no longer underdogs, but uh, I wish I had like blue or maroon blood on my veins, but I don't. But if I have to go for one, uh, up Queensland. Joey Bell, are you blue or maroon? I'm blue because I went to school with Nathan Cleary. I even went to his house actually, so blue all day. Sweet brag. Uncle, are you blue or maroon? Well, you know, I've got a really good mate to Bedsy, he's the assistant coach of the New South Wales team, and uh, of course Brandy's on SEN, and then you look at Queensland, you know, and played against a, a few of those old boys too, Trevor Gilmeister's in camp, and you look at Munster, great 580, he's going to be immortal someday. B-Man, state of O, are you blue or maroon? Oh, I think you could probably tell blues all the way, baby. Let's go, game one. Brian from Mornings with Ian Smith, state of O, blue or maroon? Ah, uh, Kiwis, mate. Uh, give me international footy any day. Go the Blues, Logs. Um, Nico Hines, those flowing locks of his coming off the bench. Just dangerous. This side here says blue, this side here says maroon, this side here is always black. Um, look, mate, all the best to both teams. I just think the better team wins on the day. Ragdog, are you blue or maroon tonight? Blue, 100% blue, always been blue, dyed in the wool blue, not like old splinter ass Kemp. I'll nail my colours to the mast. Yes, running it straight, 2 o'clock, Sammy and Kempy with a little shuffle around and they have some bangers coming for you at 2 o'clock. We've got a banger on the line now, tab.co.nz, download the app, all the bits and bobs. We're only talking one thing today, Moadi Origin. <laughs> That's right. We've got a promotion on State of Origin as well. Just place a series correct score bet of $20 or more on the state of origin, and you'll get a ten dollar bonus bet for each state of origin game. Oh, um, so that's pretty easy. Is that three ten dollar um, bets? Three ten dollar bets. So you'll get the first one straight away to place on state of origin one. Then you'll get the next one um, a few days before state of origin two, and then the next one um, a few days before state of origin three. So there you go, a twenty dollar series correct score bet. The most popular selection in that correct score book is. New South Wales to win 2-1, which is paying 2.30 at the moment. What's uh, Queensland 3-0? Queensland 3-0, $8.50. I knew you'd go there, Staff. <laughs> I knew you would. <laughs> Although I think with Latrell Mitchell now out, I think New South Wales have got a better chance. Well, interesting. <laughs> Most people are thinking otherwise. Um, in terms of the head-to-head book, though, uh, it's all about New South Wales, to be fair. They're $1.79 at the moment. They've been very well backed by punters. And if you like try scorers, the best back for New South Wales, Tommy Turbo. And the best back for Queensland, Selwyn Cobbo. Oh, Cobbo. Zade gave us a commentary earlier today with Cobbo scoring the try. Zade's on fire today. 
<laughs> love it. Maybe it's. Is there anything boosted, or is that is will that come out oh. later? Oh, boosted! Forget about it. Look, there are so many boosted markets, um, and Cobo is part of one of them as well. Uh, Salwan Cobo to score a try and Queensland to win one to twelve, boosted out to seven dollars. Or if you're a Blues fan, the Fox to score at any time and New South Wales to win one to twelve. That's been boosted out to six dollars. Top man, Paulie. I'll let you go and have a nap because you're getting old now. You can't last till midnight, so you need a nap before you wake up again and have your cheese on toast and your bovril. <laughs> you, you know me so well <laughs> Cheers mate, we'll catch up tomorrow Cheers Steph, have Cheers, a good buddy. one That's Paul Mawadi out of the TRB Massive night, there you go Zaid, Salwan Cobo, anytime Try scorer and Queensland 1-12 $7, I love that one myself Right, we're going to have a quick break Evan Lee, CEO of the Hurricanes, he's next. Well, it's been a big few days for Hurricane Central uh, with the fantastic re-signing or extension for Billy Proctor and now the appointment of Clark Laidlaw, who was part of the Hurricanes alumni. Great to see the man returning. I had a bit to do with him when he was assistant last time and the man that's pieced all of that together. A big congratulations to you, Evan Lee, CEO of the Hurricanes. Thanks, Steph. Yeah, good, good to chat to you, mate. Um, this is great for, for you guys in a very competitive environment. I, I'm 100% sure Billy Proctor would have had offers from offshore. He's, he's just really come on leaps and bounds. But the Clark Laidwell one is the one I really wanted to talk to you about. Of course, he's been a previous assistant to the Hurricanes. He was assistant at London Irish, I think it was. Um, and he's transformed the yeah. Sevens into being the world beaters again. Um, this is a bit of a coup for you guys. How long ago did you have to start the conversation? Um, yeah, this is a bit of a coup. I mean, you're right about Billy. He's been awesome, and it's great to great to have him locked in for a few more years. But um, we obviously knew about Jason Holland as a possibility going to the All Blacks, so we started thinking about what that might look like. But we didn't actually do anything about it until it was confirmed that mm-hmm. Alfie was going to the All Blacks. Um, we had a list of sort of seven, eight, nine uh, coaches that we either talked to or those that came to us directly. Um, but it was pretty clear early on in the process that Clark was the guy that we, we wanted, um, which, was, which was great. Um, but it, you know, it also had its downside in that if he didn't choose us, you know, we, would have, we would have had to go back to the, not the drawing board, but you know, when, you, when you identify one person that you want, um, it's great if you get them. And we were lucky enough to do that, and uh, it was good, good, um, good process. Clark knowing people in here is a is a bonus. He knows some of the coaches, he knows some of the players, um, but he was he was really impressive. Like, um, just stood out. Of course, these these four new New Zealand-based Super Rugby coaches being sought now. Well, three now because, of course, Razor Robertson, Leon McDonald, uh, Jason Holland, which you've now filled, and Aaron Major as well. Everyone's shopping on quite an empty shelf <coughs> at the moment. But I see it as an opportunity for youngsters, and I still class Clark Laidlaw as a youngster because for years, Evan, we've been bemoaning there's no pathway for coaches and they're all forced to go offshore. We're losing all this IP. Mm. Is this an opportunity now for some of our domestic-based coaches to have a real crack at the top? Definitely. I mean, the, the fact that Clark is the sevens coach at the moment, that he's Scottish, it, doesn't, it, it wasn't, didn't play on our mind. We, we actually looked for someone that 
we felt was going to add value to our organisation, um, wasn't going to come in and change the world um, just for the sake of doing it. We wanted someone that you know would grow our place, live by our values, um, you know, and, and hopefully build on our build on our success and um, you know hopefully win a championship in time again. So. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely an opportunity. I mean, the same kind of names get rolled out a little bit in terms of, um, you know, more senior guys overseas. But mm. we, we just had a really strong feeling that um, Park is quite a young coach. Mm. You know, he's 45. Um, you know, he hasn't he hasn't been head coach in 15 for you know for well for a long time. But he's done an exceptional job with the sevens. And when you when you have some insight into that program, what's involved players and the culture he's had a massive part to play so um yeah we're we're delighted i guess the next step evan we're talking to evan lee ceo of the hurricanes is getting a coaching team around him now because chris gibbs has indicated um he'll be going back home to te Aumutu, which is fantastic yep. choice um so when do yep. you start constructing is that you and clark together what he wants what you want how, how does that now work yeah it's, it's clark and also our general manager of rugby, Tony Philp, will have um, a lot more to do with it than I will, that's for sure. But we, we've already got some really good coaches, some really mm. well-established coaches. Um, don't really want to go into detail about their their contract terms, et cetera, et cetera. No, but we're not we're not expecting a, a big change for next year. So we've got we've got con- consistency. Clark knows um, that these guys are doing a good job. So, you know, it's important that, like I said, we don't shake the tree too hard when we bring a new head coach in. Um, but, you know, in, in, in a year or two, if Clark feels like we need to change a few things or a few people, then that's a conversation we'll have. When I saw that Clark had been put, I was, I was genuinely delighted because the first word that came to my mind when I think about Clark Gladwell going from 7s to 15s is innovation. Innovation, fresh yeah. ideas, change. And I like what you said. He's not going to come and throw the baby out with the bathwater. But I think there's there's going yeah. to be some some nice little polish go on this Hurricanes team for next year. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we you know we're really happy with where we're at. We'd love to have a home quarter final, but I'm not sure if that's going to happen. So it's not like we're unhappy with where we are. Jason's done a great job. Mm. It's just more about you know from next year we're going to we've got Clark coming in. I think. Um, you look at the Sevens team, you know, they are a multicultural outfit. Mm. Um, like Fijians, Tongans, Samoans, Pakia, and they've, they've created something special, both off the field and on the field. And like I said before, Clark needs to take a lot of credit for that because he's led the program. So there's something in the secret sauce there that we, you know, we hope that Clark will be able to bring to the Hurricanes um, in the same manner that he's brought it to the Sevens. I think it's it's really exciting. I think young coaches that don't have a set view of the world, who don't have five or six people sort of in tow when they go to take on a new role, I think that's a massive opportunity for us, and um, that's what we've gone for. We've gone for someone, you know, young, innovative, as you say, uh, proven. You know, there are there are obviously people who think, what what have you done going for a sevens coach? You know, but. The Clark's a lot more than a sevens coach. Mm. It's actually the person as much as what they've been doing for the last few years. So, um, yeah, I'm really comfortable with where we're at. 
Um, you're probably not aware because you're an incredibly hard-working man during the day. Uh, we are doing on the show this week, we're doing uh, the official, unofficial immortals for each Super Rugby franchise, and we're getting listeners to vote. Wow. And the five players get the most, they are the immortals for each Super Rugby. So I'll just tell you what we've done so far this week. Blues had Carlos yep. Spencer, Kevin Mialamu, Doug Hallett, Ali Williams, Jerome. Chiefs had yep. Liam Messam, Aaron Cruden, uh, John O'Gibbs, Stephen Donald, Marty Holler. Can you guess wow. what the public went for for the Hurricanes? For the five? For the five, yeah. We did it. We did it. Um, it was decided an hour ago. So the top five, I've got them in front of me. I reckon you'll go close to getting it. Uh, I'd go Tana. Yes. Kelly. Yes. Colsey. No, sorry. I should tell you, they're not allowed oh. to still be playing. So not not cur- oh, okay. not currently sorry. playing. Uh, okay. Well, I don't know, Jonah, will he be included yep. in the Hurricanes? I yep, know. yes. Yeah. Um, God, you put me on the spot here. Uh, Conrad, Ma. Conrad and Jerry, that rounded out the five. Jerry? Yeah. Okay. The public love Jerry. No, you are really – and actually, Ma yeah. was sixth. Ma was sixth, so he'll get inducted yeah. next year. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, yeah, Evan. Jerry, Jerry was some man. Oh, so incredible man, incredible man. Um, Evan, awesome to chat to you. Again, congratulations on yeah, getting yeah. Clark Laidlaw. I think that he's just a gem that's going to shine and sparkle next year, um, and you'll give him the reins, and yeah. we're going to see something pretty special. So all the best with um, the rest of the season, mate, and uh, wish you well. Good man. Thanks, Dave. Evan Lee there, CEO of the Hurricanes. So if you read between the lines, maybe uh, not many changes. There's, pro- there's probably one addition, maybe a promotion amongst the existing coaching crew to be the official assistant coach, or do they even do that now? Um, so I would say the ones that are there at the moment, excluding Chris Gibbs, are going to um, are going to stay, and there'll be one added. Someone just said you're doing immortals today. Martin, we've done it. Um, the Hurricanes, Cullen, Umanga, Jerry Collins, Jonah Lomu, Conrad Smith. Running it straight is coming to you from two to three. They'll run home three to six. Should we tease what's on running it straight, Sam? Can you tell me who's on running it straight? You can. Headphones are going on. Nah, Joey's on the phone. Oh, we've got Sir Graham Lowe, Queensland coach, and the greatest of all time, Ray Warren. Rabs is on running it straight. You don't want to go anywhere from two. We'll take a break. We'll wound, uh, wind down this show, but don't go anywhere. We're having a look back in the day. Portside Bar offers the best live sport viewing experience with the most big screens in the CBD for sport. Call anytime. 0800 150 811. Getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Here's what happened back in the day. March, oh sorry, March, it's May. Marching on through the year in May 1984, West Indian legend Viv Richards at 21 fours and five sixes in a one-day record of 189, not out off 170 against England in Manchester. What a day. 2009, Robin Sodling of Sweden pulled off one of the biggest upsets in Grand Slam history. For five years, people in this sport have wondered what it would take. What kind of a match would you have to play? What kind of effort would you need? 
to beat Rafa here. And for three and a half hours, a 24-year-old unlikely Swede just crafted that match. 6-2, Incredible. Birthdays today, Joe Namath, Hall of Fame quarterback, turns 80 today. Oh, John Macbeth, the great man, Kiwi broadcaster, 79 today. And the big guzzler, it's his birthday. Quick hands, he's returning, throws to Dummy. Oh, the big rig, Brody Retallick, 32 today. Turning 30 today, uh, Cowboys and Tonga forward, Jason Tong Malolo. And 27 today, the Cheese from the Storm, the Kiwis, the Roosters, and Waiheke Island. Turns 27 today. On this day in 1980, the number one movie, it's a pretty average movie, Empire Strikes Back. Good song, though, was number one. Straight's not far away. Sammy and Kempi will take you. We got Sir Graham Lowe and Sir Ray Warren. Thanks, Sammy, and thanks uh, briefly to Joey Bell as well. Oh, running it straight. Glue your ears on.